You're listening to Rock Solid People, a podcast by Max King. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. Welcome to another edition of Rock Solid People. Uh, This is a podcast uh, where I, Max King, CEO of Ozcare Support, talk to interesting and innovative people in the disability space. And today I'm very pleased to have with me the CEO of Plan Partners, Sean Dempsey. Welcome to the podcast, Sean. Thanks, Max. Great to be here and and good to catch up. Uh, We haven't caught up for the last couple of weeks. We haven't, and I'm very excited to hear from from you. Obviously, you are one of the shining lights. Plan Partners is one of the leading organizations in the disability intermediary space, which, as you know, is where odds care support are also, you know, a, a national provider. But you know, you're you're at a different level than we are, and I'm I'm really excited to have some some to get some of the insights from you. So, thank you very much for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Uh, we've we've spent a lot of time trying to get the business right and get the the supports that we provide to participants and their families right. So, no, it's very good to have the chat. And so, before we jump into Plan Partners and and all about them, tell us about yourself, Sean. What's your what's your background, and and what, how did you end up in this in this role? Yeah, uh, long story. I live in Melbourne now, but my wife and I are, are Queenslanders, and all of our children, bar one, who was born in Tasmania, are Queenslanders. So we've we've travelled around the place, including a few years in New Zealand, in my work in insurance and finance, and that included things like partnership, partnership management, development in smash repairs, home repairs. So my my background is quite wide and varied, but leading large groups of people in the last, I don't know, 10 years of my career before coming across to Plan Partners. You know, I've got quite a an experience of, of my own with my wife who who became quite ill a couple of years ago and needed uh, some significant intervention both medically and, and from a family point of view. So okay. the, there was always an affinity for how life can change for for people who either suffer an, an acquired brain injury and you know, find themselves in life changing situations, or those whose life is all they know in supporting you know, the family, friends, children with disability. So, Plain Partners came about as a result of a, a bit of a collision of my professional uh, experience and, and personal life. Yeah, right. The perfect storm, as you say. Yeah. And- and so the plan partners came calling and you, you've been CEO now for four, four plus years. And, yeah, and right. I'm right in saying see the plan partners was born out of a Macmillan Shakespeare. So you were working for Macmillan Shakespeare, which is a, in, a, in the asset finance business and the leasing business, but essentially in, in you know, the, the process, if we break down what a plan manager does or what, uh, you know, it's, it's yep. a lot of, a lot of documentation, a lot of process, in order to service customers and, and, and facilitate transactions. Would, would that be a fair fair summary? Yeah, that's the that's the what we do. I, I think it's the the important part of, of the of the plan partners business and you know all of us that provide similar services to participants is it's so much more than just paying the invoices and, and keeping track of documents and paperwork. The the scheme is still relatively new and, and people uh, who are trying to deal with the scheme are still under the level of education and information that they should have to effectively navigate the scheme. So I, I would, 
I would like to think the you know the reason for our existence is to help educate and inform people as to the best way that they can utilize the funds that are available to them to at one end to achieve the goals that they've set themselves or the aspirations they've set themselves in life or at the very least to you know live the life that they want to live so that that's that's the why and without being too coy the invoice payment is relatively easy compared to the supporting many thousands of people through navigating the scheme for sure i mean i always say uh, yeah plan management is difficult to differentiate in its very essence as you say in terms of the, the pay, paying of invoices but there is so much more to it than that and, and there's that there's that neat sort of you know i guess uh, middle ground between the payment of invoices the support coordination and and those people that don't have support coordination but have plan management and 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 how do you bridge that gap as you say between the some of the people's knowledge which is lacking uh, and they you know they they've had a mistrust of institutions in the past and deservedly so in many respects in many cases it, it's it's really a, a great opportunity to rebuild trust in in, in what the NDIS is trying to achieve it, you, I've seen on uh, plan partners you've have some plan coordinators is there a sort of hybrid model that you've got in the in the middle there is there a sort of a middle ground yeah there is we, we try to keep the support coordination piece very separate to the plan management although when a customer calls us for advice or to ask questions it's the same group of people whether it doesn't irrespective of number one irrespective of whether a customer of ours or whether they have plan management and support coordination or one of the other so I wouldn't call it a hybrid model because the, the two services are you know, relatively distinct in terms of the people that provide them. Support coordination is a more participant and family to support coordinator relationship, and, and we build it that way. Each of our support coordinators has a small team around them that, that support them. The plan management then is less of a, a one-on-one relationship. We, we think that good information, sharing the right knowledge, again, to help people access good services and good supports is is the most important thing so i wouldn't call it a hybrid but you know i I could see how it might appear that way from from the outside and we've we hear a lot of people talk about conflicts of interest the independence and I, i i note that you know plan partners you've stuck to very clearly defined service channels so you do plan management do support coordination and that's what you're that's the business there was still some that say that even that relationship should be separated. What's your thoughts on 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 that? I know you've said that they're they're separate teams and they're they're obviously separately separately run, but still there are people that would call for these to be separated. Yep, no, and we've experienced that either through auditing or conversations that we've had with the agency. I think, and you would expect me to say this, of course, Max, but I would I think very firmly that support coordination and plan management are complementary services and and a hand in glove of course we always if a customer of ours that happens to have support coordination asks for a plan manager or asks to be recommended we will always provide choice fundamental to to us is that participants have the right to choose and have control over where they source their services from so when when a customer with plan management asks do you know a support coordinator we will always provide choice and a number of options, and ditto for support coordinators. Sorry, support coordination customer looking for plan management. But but the 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 two services are so 
similar in so many ways, we firmly believe that they're they're complementary. More than 75% of our support coordination customers also have plan management with us. So we think our, our customers support that notion as well. And brings me neatly on to, I guess, the, the, the idea of the future of the support coordination and plan management. Obviously, you and I would both, you know, we, we're, both, we, we're both in this industry, we're both in the intermediary space. We both acknowledge that support coordination and plan management, complementary as they are, I hear a lot of people talking about support coordination being transferred to the LAC teams. We, we know that originally that was perhaps where they were originally supposed to be sitting and then they were overwhelmed with their existing work, building plans and, and, and issuing plans. What do you see the, the future of support coordination and, and, and how do you see the, the budgets being spent? It, it, it would be a lot easier to answer that question if we knew what the NDIA's medium or immediate to medium to long-term view of the agency's involvement in managing plans and coordinating supports. It would be easy to answer that question if we knew what the agency's view of the LAC were in the immediate to short to medium to long-term. But I, I think the, back to that, that word intimacy that I, I used a couple of minutes ago, the intimacy that a support coordinator builds with a participant and or their family and their support network is, in my experience, so far ahead of the LA, what the LAC model, generally speaking, has been able to achieve. And again, light years ahead of what the NDIA model is aimed to achieve. So until you know, the, the LAC model is clearer and the NDIA involvement in managing plans and coordinating supports is clearer, support coordination is critical. And I think there's about 50% of participants have uh, access to support coordination funding. Uh, to, to successfully achieve the outcomes that the scheme is looking to achieve, that number needs to increase. In my, I think that's part of your question answered. The other part of the question is, sorry, the other part of the answer is that there are there are so many opportunities to build innovative, you know, global leading supports either in allied health areas or support work areas that are not being, you know, invested in by the private sector or not being built or not being accessed by participants. And I think plan managers and support coordinators have a meaningful role to play in encouraging the investment in those innovative supports. And and you see it around the edges, but I'm not a fan, if I can be Brutally honest, I'm not a fan of you know some of the supports that have been built out of the state-based block-funded model that continue to survive today, propped up by the conflicts of interest that allow a organisation to provide direct supports and support coordinate and plan manage at the same time, and have the benefit of you know price ceiling to you know, make an inefficient business look better. So until some of those constraints are removed, I think there's a bit of a cap on industry's ability to innovate in the disability sector. Yeah. I mean, uh, wow, I'd, I'd love to unpick so much of that. It's a fantastic answer to, you know, to, to what is, as you say, uh, a question that is, is difficult to answer when the future is so, so, so murky and unclear. My personal take is that you know the, the LACs have have been 
overwhelmed with the volume of work they've got on them to try to try and even think about giving them additional work would actually just make the 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 the, the system you know just just you know, fall over. I, I know personally of LACs in in the southeast and the southwestern Sydney that have just been given you know 30 40 more participants on top of 120 participant workload i mean you just it's physically not possible and and, and, and it's and it's not their fault and, 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 sure. and it's no it's not and you you know we, we continually less so today than in the past but we still see some of the lac organizations at senior management level who refuse to talk to us won't have us visit their staff and won't have us talk to them about support coordination and plan management and what innovation looks like because of this sense of there's a conflict there and you know we've we've got to be equal to all people and it's just not how the real world yeah. works it's not how any sector in in you know our economy works whether it's disability or agriculture or finance not 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 to compare disability with any other sector but Partnerships are what drive success in in every sector, more so in disability than others. Mm, yeah, and I noticed on your LinkedIn profile there were some SunCorp uh, partnerships you did. There, so obviously you've been in that space where you've seen the partnerships work. You've seen commercial, you know, success in innovative, innovative partnerships. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So um, a number of years with SunCorp, and before that, Amy. So you know, building a lot of those networks globally around. You know, supply chain management. I, I must say, though, nowhere have I seen partnerships work as effectively as they do in disability, where you have a series of people focused on one outcome for a group of individuals and can only achieve their own part of the of the equation if every other part of the equation is also successful and heading in the right direction. Mm. So, you know, I, I think working in this sector, you, you see the true power of partnerships coming together mm. and uh, and so then that's obviously support coordination I, I agree with everything you've said there the future of plan management you're obviously heavily invested in it you're the second largest yeah. provider of plan management services if i'm correct or maybe you'll yeah. be no uh, no we'd still be number two but <laughs> stay, stay tuned max that's okay. changing very quickly but the, the my plan manager business is is number one and a very successful business, and you know I I know Claire quite well, who founded that business and has done an amazing job. My, my view of of the future of plan management is that the NDIA's role should not be to behave as a plan manager. So there there are still twenty plus percent of all plans that are managed by the agency. I think that needs to change, and I think those twenty percent. Of, of folk that are managed by, have their plans managed by the agency, either need to be encouraged to self-manage if they have capacity and, and so desire, or to work with a plan manager to achieve some of the outcomes that we know we can achieve for participants. So, you know, to put it bluntly, I, I think the role of the agency is to administer the scheme you know, and, and ensure that the scheme is successful and allow other organisations, the, the private sector, if you will, to invest in the technology, the technology stack, the innovation, training people to deliver the best plan management services is my view. And, of course, again, you would expect me to say that. I, I have a strong vested interest. No, of course, of course. But actually, that nearly dovetails to the next question. So for me, 
there are still huge inefficiencies in plan management. The way the plan management, the the whole cohort of invoices that we receive, we process, we put up to Proda, we get payments back. Digital development has to increase the the efficiencies of this. How, how do you see digital developments making the NDIS scheme more sustainable, and how does that affect how plan managers will start to interact with 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 participants? Well, we uh, we could talk for half an hour on this point alone. <laughs> we still see uh, we would get in the hundreds every day participants and families seeking reimbursement from us for for costs that they've incurred themselves, either you know either for products at Chemist Warehouse or others because the provider won't bill the NDIA or you know it's a, a purchase that I've made on the spot. Well, there's there's no in the year 2021. We have digital wallets. We have tokenized payments. We have APIs for all sorts of things. Participants shouldn't be paying for a, a single dollar out of their own pocket. That's the first thing. So yeah, we, we've got to embrace that technology. Likewise for allied health appointments. You know, health and private health insurance, Medicare for years have had a a relatively sophisticated point of sale system and and i think you know that that's exactly where disability sector needs to move at the moment we have both arms and one leg tied tied behind our back because the apis that the agency have developed don't have the bandwidth to be able to cope with the volume of calls that we'd be making on an hourly basis for the business of our size and and wouldn't you we think we're we've reached a decent size but in the scheme of things we're still a small business so I think it's got to go the way of you know, most other payment technologies in the economy, and that is providers provide service, participants and customers receive the support, and payment happens behind the scenes with a minimum of fuss, would be my view. And that, that will achieve everything from you know, reducing the transaction costs through to far more effective fraud controls and, and oversight controls than are in place at the moment. And the time frame for this to happen? <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking APIs for about three years now. Um, and I, look, I know the guys within the doing their best and I must compliment them on the level of engagement over the last 12 months. It's been fantastic. But again, the, the uh, limitations of, of what we're being presented with by way of APIs is not lost on it. Time frames, well, I wouldn't have a clue, Max. No. No, and you wouldn't even want to speculate, would you, when you're dealing with the agency and, and, and certainly the APIs. As you say, the bandwidth of the API is f- fairly disappointing to date. We would have expected and hoped for a lot more uh, than, we've, than we've been able to access ourselves, and uh, I'm sure you're as frustrated as we are. Watch this space, though. I guess, you know, there will be that huge innovation and huge change that will be coming, and let's hope exponentially once it does start to open the, the floodgates. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. And just a quick final one. Any advice on people considering to get into the NDIS as a registered provider? You, you've obviously been in the, in the intermediary space, but there's lots of still lots of mums and dads out there or other people. Yep. What's what's your advice to them? Yeah, the, the first very firm bit of advice is understand your why. There's, there's got to be a, you know, I, right, I'm interested in supporting people with disability or supporting people who do which is more what we do from a plan management point of view. But the why is important. If if for reasons of trying to achieve great things for people with disability and their families, trying to you know, make the society in which we live 
a better one. You know, if that's your why, then I would say ensure you surround yourself with the best advice and the best support to, to help you establish your business and and go for it. If your why is something else and you know, I think there's money to be made here or I'll build a business in three years and flog it off, you know, that, that is no reason to enter into this scheme and you know you, your your mo- your motivations will be seen by all so my my one and only bit of advice is just understand why yeah you, know, you you want to get into this sector awesome good advice and i very much appreciate you giving us the plan partners and and i, I guess probably driven by yourself as the ceo of of your why i really appreciate your candor today as well i i i i thought it was quite funny when we both giggled at the at the uh, time frame around digital developments and when that will uh, will happen. But um, watch this space. I'm sure will happen. I look forward to watching your growth and, and, and development as well. I, I think, you know, we, we do look at uh, planned partners and, and uh, look at someone that's dr- driving the industry forward. So thank you for everything that you and, and your company do. And I appreciate your time today, Sean Dempsey, CEO of Plan Partners. Good on you, Max. Thank you for your time. Thanks very much. Thank you. All right, man. Hope that helped. Mate, that's awesome, and uh, I, I really, I, I have to say, when I have done a couple of these, I, I think to myself, I've got to look back and uh, listen back and take some notes on what you just said, and I really appreciate, uh, yeah, some of the candor around that. And, and look, I, I, I will be watching this space. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how we all grow and, and yeah, and consolidate and everything that happens in the next sort of yeah, 12, 18 months. Good on you. No, likewise. Likewise, <laughs> happy to help out. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Sean. Ciao, Max. Take care. Bye-bye. See you, mate. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Rock Solid People. For more interviews, stay tuned.